Welcome to Kingdom.Think, where we are reading the Bible in one year, and we are in the book of Revelations, chapter 17. There are 22 chapters in the book of Revelations, and we're at chapter 17, and we're also starting the book of Isaiah, Isaiah 1 and 2. Both books, Isaiah and Revelations, take an open mind, a mind of curiosity. It takes the realization that you may not fully consciously understand everything, even though when you read it, your spirit will get exactly what it needs. Because that's the whole intention, is to wake up our spirit. Or we could just say, well, I want to be able to say I read the Bible in one year. Um, But it's definitely designed to wake up our spirit so that we can live according to God's ways with effortlessness. Once our heart and our minds are right with God, and we do this on a daily basis, and we forgive and repent on a daily basis, and we live according to his ways, then we don't have to use so much free will to resist sin and evil because you're walking with God. That's the whole plan. That's the agenda. That's the, that's the way it should be. That's how life is supposed to be. It doesn't always happen that way because we're humans and this is a real world. This is the real life. And we have lots of temptations coming at us. And Satan is always, always... Um, on the prowl, looking for people to torment. So you got to be on guard. But everything you need is right here. So here we go. This is chapter 17. Um, And when we read this, again, keeping an open mind, and I want you to kind of look for the the correlations between chapter 17 of Revelations and chapter 1 of the book of Isaiah. It's fascinating. It's fascinating how they actually kind of match up and they're actually talking about each other. One of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came and said to me, Come, I will show you the punishment of the great prostitute who sits by many waters. With her, the kings of the earth committed adultery, and the inhabitants of the earth were intoxicated with the wine of her adulteries. <clears throat> now, I read some commentary, and a lot of people don't. There's a Obviously, nobody knows who who exactly, what exactly is this prostitute? Um, Is it Babylon? Is it Rome? And some have even said, or is it an evil culture that comes with every generation? And some have, have, I've heard, and I'm not saying I think it's true or don't think it's true, but some have even referenced, is it the United States? common day is is this is the statue of liberty is that her she stands she's got lots of water around her and she's in new york city i don't know i'm just saying that's what i heard someone kind of making that correlations if the if it's true that there's a corrupt nation in every culture maybe um then the angel carried me away in Okay, so the angel said, Come, I will show you the punishment of the great prostitute who sits by many waters. With her, the kings of the earth committed adultery, and the inhabitants of the earth were intoxicated with the wine of her adulteries. And it's not just prostituting through a sexual situation. It could be like you prostitute your beliefs, your behaviors, your children. You're selling them for something in return. Then the angel carried me away in spirit 
into a wilderness. There I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast that was covered with blasphemous name and had seven heads and seven and ten horns. The woman was dressed in purple and scarlet and was glittering with gold, precious stones and pearls. She held a golden cup in her hand. Okay, maybe this is the one where they said is the Statue of Liberty because she's holding a cup. I don't know. Maybe it's a stretch. Maybe your spirit will think that is true. I don't know. She held a golden cup in her hand filled with abominable abominable things and filth of her adulteries. The name written on her forehead was a mystery. Babylon the Great, the mother of prostitutes and the and and of the abominations of the earth. I saw the woman was drunk with the blood of God's holy people, the blood of those who bore testimony to Jesus. When I saw her, I was greatly astonished. Then the angel said to me, Why are you astonished? I will explain to you the mystery of the woman and the beast she rides, which has seven heads and ten horns. The beast which you saw once was, now is not, and yet will come up out of the abyss and go to its destruction. The inhabitants of the earth, whose names have been not been written, the inhabitants of the earth, whose names have not been written on the book of life from the creation of the world, will be astonished when they see the beast because it once was, now is not, and yet will come. This calls for a mind with wisdom. That's why we read the Bible. Not because by reading it once, we're going to just get wisdom, but we're going to grow. Wisdom takes growing and wrestling with deep thoughts and experiencing struggles and persevering through challenges. Wisdom comes from keeping promises to yourself making your commitments and keeping your commitments. It comes from having experiences and choosing choosing the right path and, and, and being humble or choosing the wrong path and knowing how to ask for forgiveness or ask for or repent. That's where wisdom comes from. Not being perfect. It doesn't come from being perfect and it doesn't come from a snap of a finger. Okay, this calls for a mind with wisdom. The seven heads are seven hills on which the woman sits. Okay, the woman. So what would be the seven hills? I've also heard it referenced, and I don't remember all the seven, so I'll just remember, I'll just tell you what I remember. Um, the seven hills, would one would be education, one would be politics, one would be entertainment, one would be... Um, I want to say the church. I don't remember. Oh, gosh. I'm trying to remember the guy's name. Who Lance Wallnow is the one where I heard him talk about the Seven Hills. And he's got a lot of videos on YouTube that explains how the United States is sitting on these seven hills that controls the people, controls um, the country and the world, and how the evil has taken these Seven Hills captive. Okay. They are also seven kings. Five have fallen. One is, the other has not yet come. But when he does come, he must remain for only a little while. The beast was once was and now is not and is an eighth king. He belongs to the seven and is going to his destruction. The ten horns you saw are ten kings who have not yet received a kingdom, but who for one hour will receive authority as kings along with the beasts. They have one 
purpose and will give their power and authority to the beast. They will wage war against the Lamb. But the Lamb will triumph over them because he is the Lord and Lord of lords and King of kings. And with him will be his called, chosen, and faithful followers. So that's our objective, is to be one of his called, his chosen, and faithful followers. Then the angel said to me, The waters you saw where the prostitute sits are peoples, multitudes, nations, and languages. The beasts and the ten horns you saw will hate the prostitute. They will bring her to ruin and leave her naked. They will eat her flesh and burn her with fire. For God has put it in their hearts to accomplish his purpose by agreeing to hand over the beast their royal authority until God's words are fulfilled. The woman you saw is the great city that rules over the kings of the earth. Whoa, 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 whoa. So it's up to you to either just read it peacefully and say, oh, that's interesting. Read it and think, wrestle with it, steep thoughts. Or come up with a hypothesis. What do you think is the prostitute, the great city? It's not up to us to say the Bible is bad because it says that, or the Bible is lying, or the Bible is good, because it's just to receive It's not good or bad or clear or logical. It's just to receive so that your spirit comprehends and grows in wisdom. Okay, let's move on to the book of Isaiah. What's the deal? Now, I'm going to kind of pay attention when I read the book of Isaiah because the last time I read it, I realized, I think I sometimes don't grasp it because I go too fast. And didn't understand the context because I feel like it jumps around sometimes, contradicts sometimes. Um, the tone changes sometimes, or it's poet, it's logical, then it's poetic, and then it's scary, and then it's mystical, and then it's clear. So we're gonna go slow, but I'm gonna read a little bit of the commentary too because it helps set the stage. Do you know Christians who have lived double lives, who only seem to be playing with God? Isaiah knew people who lived double lives, his fellow Israelites, and he shared God's hatred for their compromise. He challenged them to shape up and love God with all their hearts and minds. Isaiah wanted his readers to see their hypocrisy and change their ways. So that's the stage that is set in the book of Isaiah. And once we know that, we know who he's speaking to. And so that'll explain why he has to be aggressive sometimes, change his tone, but he's also a poet. So it's going to also be very poetic. So we got to keep that in the back of our mind. He's not direct like Paul or David. Um, Well, he's a prophet. He's he's, he's, He's actually getting a word from God. But we've read other prophets and they're not quite this poetic. Um... But he's a prophet, so it's not coming from Isaiah. It's coming from a word from God himself. That's what the prophets do. So Isaiah, he understands that there's two sides to the nature of God's character. Mercy and judgment. Grace and discipline. Justice and forgiveness. And then sometimes nations are exiled and then salvation. So there's these character traits you're going to be able to see of God. 
Okay? So we begin with, oh, he's also the son of Amos, in, and he lived in Judah. So there was a split. There was a division of Israel. There was the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. And the southern kingdom was Judah, and that's where he was at. And the other kingdom was Israel. Okay, the vision concerning Judah and, and Jerusalem that Isaiah, son of Amos, saw during the reign of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, Hezekiah, kings of Judah. So when we're reading the Old Testament, we mentioned Isaiah, but now we're actually hearing the prophecies that Isaiah spoke. So you see, the Bible doesn't necessarily go in chronological order, which it shouldn't because they're separate books. Okay, a rebellious nation. Hear me, you heavens. Listen, earth, for the Lord has spoken. I reared, I reared children and brought them up, but they have rebelled against me. The ox knows its master, the donkey its owner, but Israel does not know my does not know. My people do not understand. Woe to the sinful nation, a people's who a people whose guilt is great, a brood of evil doers, children given to corruption. Didn't I just say pro- we're prostituting? prostituting our children, our beliefs, our spouses, our faith. Oh my goodness. They have forsaken the Lord. They have spurned the Holy One of Israel and turned their backs on him. Why should you be beaten anymore? Why do you persist in rebellion? Your whole head is injured. Your whole heart is afflicted. From the sole of your foot to the top of your head, there is no soundness. Only wounds and welts and open sores, not cleansed or bandaged or soothed with olive oil. So you see his symbolism, his, you know, his poetic nature. Your country is desolate. Your cities burnt with fire. Your fields are being stripped by foreigners. I don't know. People coming into our own land and your fields are being stripped by foreigners right before you. Oh my gosh. Like, I don't know, walking across the southern border. Yep. Laid waste as they overthrow by strangers. They're overthrown by strangers. Daughter Zion is left like a shelter in a vineyard, like a hunt in the cucumber field, like a city under siege for sure. Now, chapter one is a long chapter, so I only wanted to kind of give you a feel. Um, Oh, but it's so good. So please go back and read it. It's this is a great one. We gotta you gotta read it word for word so that it doesn't confuse you like it did when I read it too fast on previous occasions. Um Okay. The Okay, he's making reference to Sodom. Hear the word of the Lord, you rulers of Sodom, listen to the instruction our God of our God, you people of God Gomorrah. Those cities were destroyed. God destroyed those cities. There was no hope for them. And now he's kind of making a correlation. And he's basically saying all the sacrifices, like you guys are playing religiosity. You're acting like you're doing the right things, but your hearts are just evil. You're doing evil things, not living according to God's ways, um, even though we're doing the niceties, the religiosity, making it look good on the outside. He says, verse 13, stop bringing meaningless offerings. Your incense is detestable to me. Woo. Woo. Your hands are full of blood. 
Okay, it even says that God hates. It says, I hate with all my being. They have become a burden to me. I am weary of... So the great evil nations, God was not... Yeah, he was, he was angry at them. But then he shifts. But God has abounding love, boundless love. Boundless love. We know that from the historical stories of the Old Testament where they, they sin and then they ask for forgiveness and God forgives them and then he brings them blessings and it just happens over and over. Um, why, did it, why did they ask for forgiveness or turn back to God? Because Isaiah said these things to them and it woke them up. Wash and make yourselves clean. Take your evil deeds out of my sight. Stop doing wrong. Learn to do right. Seek justice. Defend the oppressed. Take up the cause of the fatherless. So he's giving instruction. Then he shifts and says, come now, let us settle the matter, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be be as white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, you shall be like wool. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good things of the land. But if you resist and rebel, you will be devoured by the sword. So he's giving, he's telling them, look, repent. If you repent and ask forgiveness and turn away from these evil ways, you'll get, you'll get all the benefits, the good things. But if you are stubborn and prideful and stuck in your ways, you're going to be devoured by the sword. Ouch. So can you imagine Isaiah went and told the people this, this is why they turned away from the evil And then God saw them and answered their prayers. Now here's the part. See how the faithful city has become a prostitute. She once was full of justice, righteousness, used to dwell in her, but now murderers. Your silver has become dross. Your choice wine is diluted with water. Your rulers are rebels, partners with thieves. They will love bribes and chase after gifts. (laughs) Sounds like politicians to me. Oh, snap. For sure. They do not defend the cause of the fatherless. The widow's case does not come before them. Therefore, the Lord, the Lord Almighty, the mighty one of Israel declares, Ah, I will vent my wrath on my foes and avenge avenge myself on my enemies. I will turn my hand against you. I will thoroughly purge away your dross and remove all your impurities. I will restore your leaders as in days old, your rulers as the beginning. Afterward, you will be called the city of righteousness, the faithful city. Zion will be delivered with justice, your penitent once, ones with righteousness. But rebels and sinners will both be broken, and those who forsake the Lord will, be, will perish. That sounds like what we're reading in Revelations, for sure. Okay, chapter 2. I don't want to drag this make this episode longer than it needs to be. So I'm going to say you're going to have to read it, but I'm just going to point out a few scriptures where he's still talking to Judah and Jerusalem. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as the highest of the mountains. It will be exalted above the hills and the nations will stream to it. In the last days, the mountains of the Lord's temple will be established as the highest mountains. It will be exalted above the hills and the nations will stream to it. Many people will come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the temple of the Lord, of God, of Jacob. Okay, this will be the mountain of Zion. Then we move down. We, he, the tone switches in verse 6. 
You, Lord, have abandoned your people, the descendants of Jacob. They are full of superstitions from the east. They practice divination like the Philistines and embrace pagan customs. Okay, so what's the sin? They're embracing pagan customs. They practice divination like the Philistines and they're full of superstitions from the east. It's really important that we pay attention to the warnings of, of Isaiah because we are still doing that today. There are, we are embracing pagan customs. That's why many people have given up on certain holidays. I mean, I mean, let's take Halloween, for example, is absolutely a pagan holiday. So some people have just stopped it altogether and some can't because it's part of their culture and they just can't resist. But take warning because they said, that's how these people are. Um, their land is full of silver and gold. There's no end to their treasures. Their land is full of horses. There's no end to their... Okay, da-da, da-da. So people will be brought... Um, 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 um. The eyes of the arrogance will be humbled and the human pride brought low. Okay, verse 12. The Lord Almighty has a day in store for all the proud and lofty. For all that is exalted and they will be humbled. Okay, then again, verse 17, the arrogance of man will be brought low and human pride humbled. The Lord alone will be exalted in that day and the idols will totally disappear. And the very last, people will flee to caves in the rocks and the holes. So we're talking about the end times, which is totally referencing revelations because people are going to go hide in caves and rocks once they see the, God, the wrath, the awfulness, the, the seven bowls pouring down their wrath. Stop trusting in mere humans who have but a breath in their nostrils. Why hold them in esteem? Oh my gosh, are we not doing that? We hold in esteem celebrities, politicians, athletes. Are we being fooled into living like these evil nations? <laughs> okay, I know that was heavy and dramatic, but I'm just saying this is a book of Isaiah. It's going to be like that. And we are in Revelation, so we can expect nothing less than something powerful. So that was Isaiah 1 and 2 and Revelation 17. Okay, make it a great day. Talk to you soon.